Well, welcome again, everybody, to the Oceanside, Oceanside Sanctuary's online gathering. This is how we're doing Sunday mornings these days, and I'm excited today to talk to you a little bit more about what it means for us to practice a kind of spirituality of resilience as we go through these trying and difficult times. Last week, if you remember, we looked at the teachings of Jesus, and we talked about the importance of gaining insight, not only into God, but also insight into ourselves, and how that insight produces in us a kind of strength and resilience to endure difficult times. Today, what I wanna do is invite you into reading a little bit more about what Jesus has to say, especially in John chapter 15. And we're gonna talk about how this reveals another really important practice of spiritual resilience as we enter into these times ahead that are so uncertain and so challenging for so many people. I think it's gonna be important that we become people who are really full of deep reserves of wisdom and strength and grit. And today I think you're gonna uh, see with me that Jesus in John chapter 15 really unveils an important aspect of what it means for us to cultivate a real resiliency as people. Before we jump into that passage, I wanna invite you just to pray with me as we approach this passage together. Would you just join with me in a word of prayer? God, we thank you for today. We thank you for this opportunity for us to gather on Facebook or on YouTube. In times like this, when we can't be together in person, building these connections with each other and deepening our relationships, we know and trust that you are at work in our lives. And as we reach out to you, as we cultivate deeper reserves of spiritual insight uh, and spiritual resilience, we really trust that you are joining us closer to you and closer to each other as we seek to encourage each other during these times. And so today I wanna ask, that as we approach this passage together, as we wrestle with what it might mean for us in times like this, that you would really uh, grow us and strengthen us as a people. We pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, like I said, last time we got together, we talked a little bit about the importance of gaining insight and how that insight grows our capacity to deal with stressful situations and actually makes us deeper, more wise individuals. Today, what I want to do is read to you from John chapter 15. One of the things I love about this passage is that it reveals uh, an aspect of resiliency that everybody agrees is incredibly important as we become people that are stronger and more able to cope with the anxieties and stresses of our life. And Jesus really is in lockstep with the experts who look at the different factors in our lives that make us stronger and more able to withstand uh, suffering and trauma and hardships of all kinds. So if you would, if you have your Bible, turn with me to John chapter 15. We're going to pick it up in verse 5 and read through verse 12 together. So if you have your Bible, you can follow along with me, or we will put the words up on the screen so you can read along with me. John chapter 15, starting in verse 5, says this. This is Jesus speaking to his disciples, and he says, I am the vine, you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not remain in me, he's like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up and thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be given to you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. As the Father loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. 
If you obey my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have obeyed my Father's commands and remain in his love. I've told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. Verse 12, my command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Now, one of the things I just want to point out about this passage is sometimes people read this passage with its like, really powerful imagery of uh, grapevines, and Jesus talks about how some vines are useless. They're not bearing fruit, and so they're cut off and they're thrown into the fire. And a lot of folks will read this passage, and in it they will see some sort of representation of God's judgment. And a lot of folks will try to dig into this passage to find some secret for what it means for them to be ultimately saved and, and so that they'll escape God's judgment at some point in the future. And I just want to say right at the beginning that if that's what you're hearing in this passage, there's a good chance that at some point in your life you were manipulated or coerced or maybe even abused in some traumatic way in a religious space. Because what Jesus is talking about here is not some secret about how God divides people uh, at the end of the age and he throws some people out as though they are trash. Jesus isn't talking about that. Jesus isn't revealing some sort of angry, vengeful God in the sky who separates people and punishes some capriciously while others get off because they believed the right things. That's not who Jesus is. Jesus is teaching us how we live good and faithful and right, what he calls abundant lives today, here and now. So in John chapter 15, what we have is not some sort of secret to make sure that we escape some sort of cosmic judgment. Rather, Jesus is revealing to us what it means to live genuinely fulfilling, good lives that are rewarding for us and healthy for us and help us to become the people that God has created us to be. And so having said that, Let's just jump into some of the things that I notice about this passage. And the first really obvious thing, if you look back at verse 5, is that Jesus is using this really powerful image of grapevines to demonstrate that our connections to God and to each other are vitally important. Look with me again at verse 5. He says this, I'm the vine and you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Now this image is a really helpful and really powerful way of Jesus illuminating that one of the most important things in our lives is that we remain deeply connected to what's good in our lives. And Christ puts himself in the place of somebody who is reliably, faithfully good and right and true in a trustworthy way. So we know that if we remain connected to Christ, and we can be sure that we are connected to what is really good, what's a source of goodness and health and rightness in our lives that will help us to last. Now, Jesus is illustrating here this concept of connection and how important connection is in our lives. When Janelle and I lived in Utah, one of the things that I really loved about living in the state of Utah is that they have these amazing 
aspen groves. And for those of you who don't know, uh, aspen trees are these really beautiful trees that grow uh, in abundance in the Rocky Mountains. We don't see them as much here in California, but in the Rocky Mountains, you see aspens everywhere. They're these beautiful trees with white trunks, uh, and they have leaves on them that are small, and they shake in the wind. And so sometimes aspens are called quakies because when the wind blows through the trees, it looks like all the trees are sort of quaking a little bit. And one of my favorite things about walking through uh, some of the mountains in Utah when we lived there or going camping or hiking or biking when we lived there was just exploring these massive aspen groves. There's one aspen grove in particular. It's on the southwest side of the bank of the Fish Lake, which is in about the central part of Utah. That aspen grove is called the Pando Grove. And what's amazing about the Pando Grove is that it is literally the largest aspen grove on Earth. In fact, one of the things that many people don't know about aspen trees is that aspen trees aren't really uh, multiple organisms. Underneath the surface, underneath an aspen grove, there is a deeply connected root system that is essentially one biological entity, one species, one living thing that sprouts up all of these aspen trees. And the Pando Grove on the southwest side of the banks of the Fish Lake in Utah is the largest single living entity on Earth. It's 106 acres of aspen trees that are all part of one deeply interconnected living organism. Scientists actually believe that the Pando Grove in Utah is 80,000 years old. So that means not only is it the single largest living thing on Earth, but it's also the oldest that we know of. Now, one of the reasons I love uh, this particular grove in Utah is that it demonstrates the truth about our connection to other living things, that the more deeply rooted and connected we are in good relationships, the stronger we are, the more resilient we are, the more likely we are to live. And there's, I think, good reason for that that Jesus reveals to us also here in John chapter 15. So if you go back there, I want to point out the second thing that I notice about this passage, and that is this. Verse 5, again, Jesus says, I'm the vine, you're the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Jesus goes on to talk a lot about fruit in this passage. So it's not just that we are deeply connected to God through Christ. It's also that that deep connection to the source of life produces in us a byproduct. It produces in us an outcome that just like fruit that grows on trees, it's nourishing to our health. It's nourishing to our survival. So there's something about being deeply connected in relationships to Christ, to God and to each other in good relationships that literally nourishes us and makes us healthier and stronger moving forward. You know, a few years ago in 2013, there was a, a large research study conducted by researchers at Brigham Young University and also some researchers at the University of North Carolina. And what they did in this really interesting study was they uh, conducted a meta-study of the data of over 300,000 Americans, including all of their social connections. And what they wanted to know was what kind of social connections had certain health outcomes for these folks. And what they discovered was amazing. They found that people who had stronger social connections with each other 
had a 50% better chance of living long lives than people who lived in social isolation or had poor social connections. 50%, that means that if you're a person who doesn't have strong, meaningful social connections in your life, your risk of dying early is actually equivalent to smoking 16 packs of cigarettes a day. Think about that. Loneliness and isolation literally kill us. They literally make us less healthy, more sick, more susceptible to disease, more likely to die an early death. But the researchers found that not only did social connections strengthen you, make you healthier, make you live longer, and make you happier in the long run, but that really complex social connections had an even better beneficial effect than simple social connections. Like if somebody was living at home with a family member or two, their health benefits were less effective than people who had a rich tapestry of relationships in their lives. Again, it's that deep rootedness in our connections with each other that connect us to the source of life that we call God. Now, there's a third thing about this passage that I want you to uh, notice. It's the thing that I notice, the thing that I think is probably the most important part of what Jesus says here. Let's skip ahead to verse 9. Jesus says, As the Father loved me, so have I loved you. Now, remain in my love. If you obey my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have obeyed my Father's commands and remain in his love. I've told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. And then he sort of ends this section by saying, my command is this, love each other as I have loved you. My third observation about this passage is I know really simple and really obvious, and it's just this, that this deep sense of rootedness in Christ, this deep sense of rootedness in God, this deep sense of relational connection that we cultivate with others is beneficial only when it's rooted in love. In fact, I would say that love is how we know that our connections are to Christ and to God. If our relationships aren't filled with love, if they're not filled with the goodness that love brings into those relationships, a, a genuine mutual care and concern for the well-being of the other person, a willingness, as Jesus says here, to lay down your life for the person that you love, then it isn't really love at all. So not only are good connections that build resiliency and health loving connections, but the opposite is also true. Connections that aren't loving will have a negative impact on our lives. And so I wanna to end today just by asking you this really simple question. During a time like this, when we are literally isolated and disconnected from each other, when we discover that social connection and good loving relationships are key to our resilience, my question is this, who is it in your life that you need to be more deeply connected to? What relationships do you have that, that you need to pay more attention to, uh, the people that you need to communicate more often with, the people that you need to check in with and make sure that they're okay? Who are the relationships that are a deep source of love and care and concern at this time in your life? Whoever those people are, family, friends, neighbors, coworkers, classmates, spouses, children, grandchildren, whoever those people are, 
What can you do this week as a spiritual exercise to reach out and solidify those relationships and really deepen those connections more? Now, of course, there's another question on the backside of that, maybe a more difficult and maybe more painful question. What are the relationships in your life that are not loving? What are the relationships in your life that you find yourself entangled in and enmeshed in, uh, maybe in an unhealthy way, a toxic way, or a codependent way? What are the relationships in your life that maybe need to wither and be neglected? What are the relationships that you need to let go of a little bit because they don't provide you with a source of love or your offer to love is rejected and turned away? I'm not saying that we should simply let go of important people in our lives. I don't think that's what Jesus is saying here at all. But I am saying this, that it's really important to our own spiritual and physical and mental health that we be deeply rooted in relationships that are genuinely rooted in the love of God. And so I want to leave you with that today and ask that you would just spend some time this week really reflecting on the connections that you need to strengthen so that you can become more resilient during this difficult time in our lives. Would you just join with me in a word of prayer as we enter back into our time of communion and prayer and reflection today? Father, we thank you so much again for this opportunity for us to gather across Facebook and across YouTube and to connect with each other deeply, even though we find ourselves in isolated and disconnected situations. I ask, Lord, that as we uh, connect online and as we connect over email and Zoom calls and and, uh, text messages, I ask that you would use those connections to really deepen and solidify the love that you have to share with us through those deeply rooted relationships. I pray, Lord, for everybody who is a part of this church and a part of this faith community at the Oceanside Sanctuary, that you would really bless and grow and nurture and flourish the loving and nurturing and caring relationships that we have in our lives, and that for those relationships that aren't so good, that aren't so loving, that aren't so beneficial, I want to pray, Lord, that you would reveal how those relationships can be repaired if possible or how those relationships can be put in a place of better health. I pray, Lord, that you would give us all the courage to continue to press ahead during this time and find ourselves deeply connected and rooted in you and your love for us and for each other. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.